0: Hey guys, welcome back. Um, on this week's Coach's Corner, we are talking about the fiduciary standard and the difficulty in regulating uh, professionals in our industry. We then move on to robo calls. We have a story that was featured in the Wall, Wall Street Journal that is absolutely insane. Uh, we're talking about South Dakota's new anti drug campaign. And then finally, we're talking about Lucas Asher of Metals.com and the approach to, uh, his approach, his company's approach to um, selling commodities, particular gold and silver, to conservative se- seniors. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Health Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to Untucked. This is Megan.
1: And Mike here. This is Jeff. Um,
2: Did you guys know there's... Right into the fun (laughs) fact. Yeah. The giant Japanese crab has a claw span, like claw to claw, of 18 feet. Dude, 18 feet. Like, never mind the fact you come across that thing in the water... Like, how about, I mean, I love crab. Is anybody with me on, like, how amazing that is?
0: Uh, Sure. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: Can you, when you get these fun facts, do you have, like, a subscription to a fun fact? No. How do you, how do you come up with them? I
2: can't, I can't.
1: can't, Do you you have any sort
0: of, like, um, vetting system?
2: So this one I actually heard, and then I Googled, and it, it's. Legit. There's a giant Japanese crab. They grow to 12 to 18 feet long, like claw to claw.
1: It's crazy, dude.
0: It's wild, I guess.
2: It's
1: wild. There's stuff at the bottom of the deepest oceans, though, that... Probably will blow that away. Not probably, you will definitely blow that away. You ever That's seen way more fish fun of a fact I didn't like realize
2: the... that we're <laughs> like debating just a fact that I'm throwing out there for your listening okay, pleasure. so there's an 18. Stop saying
0: for your book. listening pleasure. <laughs>
1: um, Crap. Yeah. And it's wingspan.
2: in Japan. Yeah.
0: Okay. We're assuming. All it right. doesn't
2: have wingspan, by the way. It has claw, claw span. span. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> leg to leg.
0: Okay. Um, do we have some sports stuff to talk about?
1: Do we? Are you kidding me? Oh right. A little New late, England, but, but a birds recap on the, Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. She's
0: trying to put it behind me.
1: So I was
2: actually chatting with a client yesterday and we got into the Eagles game. And I, I talk about PSD. Like I was I said to him like, dude, I was I moved past. You just you're bringing Brought me back. back. Like we were four or five days removed and like the more I think about it the 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 more angry I get. Yeah. I think the, the, the greatest thought or takeaway from that was it's a game they could have won, not should have, but definitely could have. Because like I've said all year, the Patriots are frauds. They're not a good team. Like their their defense has been pretty decent because they played against shitty ass teams, and their offense stinks. Tom Brady is terrible. His numbers are are worse than Carson Wentz's this year by like a fraction, but they're still worse. Like they're not good, and we 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 lost to them because we stink. We have no we have no offensive players. They're hurt. I know, I know, and like I'm not saying that like we're a shitty ass team because of it. I'm just I'm frustrated that we don't have the weapons. When you look like. Turn on, turn on the games on Sunday, and every other team has weapons, man.
1: Well, you can't if you don't have a legit, like top flight, dangerous playmaking skill player, mostly at the receiver position. You can't win this league.
2: I completely disagree. The New England Patriots have won how many Super Bowls without superstars other than Tom Brady? Uh, He's a skill position player. No, I know, but we have Carson Wentz. He's great. I would take Carson Wentz over him. You take really? Carson
0: Wentz over That's prime ridiculous.
2: Tom Brady. No. No, 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 no. I'm talking like right like this year. Well, this year if you had to go win a game. Would sure. you take Tom Brady or, or or Carson Wentz? I'd probably still take Tom I'd Brady. I'd take Brady. Yeah. So you're gonna take so the New England Patriots are gonna play the Eagles. You can you can anoint Carson Wentz as your starting quarterback for the Patriots or Tom Brady. You're gonna take Tom Brady? Yes. He stinks. <laughs> he stinks this year. He's old. He's done. He's done. I'm telling you,
1: it's over. Okay. They That's won not multiple the point of this conversation. <laughs> you just need the guy who's going to make a play, a big play, a big play. Whether it's it's catching him. a ball or, and everyone focused on that last play, that the heave to Dude. to um, Aguilar. Aguilar, Aguilar in the end zone and like dissecting it, like every like the whole game was dependent on Aguilar adjusting and getting under the ball and making an actual catch.
2: I, I don't I don't put that one on Aguilar too much. It was like an okay. impossible catch. I it think really it, wasn't.
0: Though. I think he misread
2: it. Yeah. I think he took a bad route. I don't Probably. think it was a bad he ball. He looked like he got shot by a sniper and was like <laughs> crumbling to the ground. and then It was awful. It was, it was all around. like The team played horribly. Carson Wentz, Wentz played made horribly. a lot of bad yeah. throws. Yeah.
1: Right? I mean, Brady's uh, not making those bad throws. Off of a bye week at home against the hated Patriots, to
2: lose by uh, the fact that the defense held them to 17 points and we couldn't score more than 10, it's just disgusting. It's
1: and yet, disgusting. here it is, going into what is it, week 12, game 11 for them, right? 11. So they're five, and a win against Seattle, and they're in like prime position to win the division. So with I mean, a with an easy schedule. Oh, the,
2: the schedule doesn't get any easier after this week. It's like Miami. It's Washington. It's New York. Yep. I'm in a pick 'em pool and I pick the Eagles every week. So I picked them again this week. I put mm-hmm. like one confidence point on it which means I can care less if the game goes our way or the other way. There's no way the Eagles win this game. There's no way. Like Seattle is rolling. They're a good team. They have stud players. They have what's the quarterback's name? Russell Wilson. I don't think Lane Johnson is is playing. I don't think Jordan Howard's playing. I don't think Nelson Aguilar's playing. Like they don't
1: have. There's no way we should win this game. Did you see the Brian Baldinger breakdown of some of the uh, offensive line play? No, he was. It was great. It was on Twitter is where I saw it. But he took screenshots and slow moed it and talked for about a minute and a half about maybe half a dozen specific plays off the line. And he's like, "Watch this line. This is not football." It is a joke the way these guys are attempting to make blocks and, and move guys off the ball. And you watch it, and I'm not a football guy, obviously, but you're like, holy shit, this right. team is bad. The line is bad. They have no players. They have no effort. He's like, this isn't how you play football. This isn't football. <laughs> and he's right. <laughs> I highly recommend Dude, Just look it up. It's good. It'll show you how...
0: Glaringly obvious. Glaringly bad.
1: And, he, yeah. and his point was... They're not coached this way. This isn't coaching. This is right. guys who it's are not, not a coach playing problem. the game.
2: Hmm. It sounds like the two of you are coming around <laughs> coming to what I've around. been saying all, all year.
0: Yeah, Jeff, you called it. Oh, thanks. Okay. They stink.
1: Flyers are looking okay. <laughs> well,
2: they, <laughs> they lost five in a row, and then they won two they in a row. They lost right? five in a row,
1: but they got some points out of it, so a little bit of an over, um, over-exaggerating, little lost thing there. I mean, it was literally um, categorized over time. You lose in a shootout, you still get credit. Yep. You get some points. Whatever. I'm with you. Um, not playing great. Some some concerns, but they bring up Frosty. I knew he was going there. Two games. This kid is buzzing out there. <laughs> buzzing. Did you see Konechny's pass? And Konechny is just a he sp- had like like,
2: th- like three or four unbelievable. This line of
1: Giroud, Konechny, and yeah, Frost. it's it's pretty solid. I mean, obviously, way early to be. Yeah, you know, they played two games together oh they look good yeah this kid frost what is he 19 20 maybe
2: but he's first two games up he gets a goal in each game
1: yeah yeah but it's more than that it's just watching him out there every shift and he's just fast quick unbelievably quick um release and soft hands just no just the skill levels (laughs) you don't the flyers don't have a history of having a lot of Offensively skilled players, and yeah. here's here, here's one. So, um, no matter what they do, it's going to be fun to watch him and and Farabee and Myers and some of the young guys. So I'm excited. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Meg, no comment on the Flyers. <laughs> no. no I Sixers. Don't have right, let's get to the let's Sixers. Get to your sport, Meg.
0: Um. Well, Ben hit a three. Which we talked <laughs> we heard about, about that on, we talked about on the pod we recorded after he hit a three in preseason. And this is an even bigger deal because this in-game, in-rhythm, looked good.
1: It did. It, it did. Like from look a like,
0: form standpoint, it looked really, really looked good. looked
1: like it might not be his last three.
0: It looked like, why are you not shooting more threes? Yeah. Yeah, they have. They beat the Knicks. They were down by like 15 in the third quarter. They had a horrible third quarter, but ended up coming back playing well. Ben had an awesome game. They have a double, not double header, back to back this weekend. So, still trucking along.
2: Should we get into my theory on Ben? And that he's his... going to be traded. Yeah.
0: I mean, real quick. Now...
2: Real... Yeah. Trade, we've, trade thesis. We've teased it. I just don't feel like it, if he doesn't develop a jump shot, I think this city, not necessarily my opinion or or, or my feeling, I should say, they're going to run him out of town because they're going to there there's so much talk around without a jump shot he's kind of going to be holding the team back from getting to where they need they can't build around him so they're going to end up getting rid of him and literally Megan and I had a, a an argument on Wednesday about it during We've the day We had multiple arguments yeah. about And then Wednesday night he hits a jump shot <laughs> it's a three pointer <laughs> but and if, his
0: line on Wednesday like 17 9 and 8
2: Is that phenomenal
0: 17 points, nine boards, and eight assists. Yeah.
1: Okay. But isn't this That's like— That's like his M.O. That's what he does. You sign... it,
0: exactly.
1: But they lose. Why all the hype around Ben making 1-3 is my question. It's like you sign a— If Bryce Harper came in and hit went, went 20 games without hitting a home run, then he, he jacks one out of the park, are we all saying, see, Bryce can—he's he, he, a home run. He's a power hitter. Ben doesn't shoot jump shots, like at all. So is yeah, he
2: one-for-one one in his career? From like this season, line? he's one-for-one he's uh, for, one f- for jump sh- – like he does not shoot a jump shot.
0: Well, three-pointers, let's
2: – 12-footers, he doesn't, he doesn't take jump shots. Yeah, but
0: he's not he, – he takes them. He doesn't take a lot of them.
2: They're more like layups.
0: They're like hook-esque <laughs> shots.
2: <laughs> he doesn't take like a, a, a plant-your-feet no. 15-foot jump shot. Does, it does, no. It's not part of his game. Are they going to win 55 or 60 games? Yes. Oh, of course they will. So then who cares? Why trade? Thank you. Because who cares is we need that player, him specifically, to develop a shot to draw the defense out so he can either go inside or pass down low to Embiid in the fourth quarter of a game seven in the playoffs. We don't have that guy now. And if he doesn't develop into it, we're not going to go anywhere. And like – The fact that you think we are going to win if he stays the way he is and Embiid stays the way he is, Mr. Softy, and we don't have anyone else like Al Horford, like we're not going to win a championship. So I don't really give a shit what his line is every night and how many wins we have during the regular season if we don't have a Jimmy Buckets in the playoffs in the fourth quarter to win a game.
0: We had Jimmy Butler. And we didn't get to the conference finals last year.
2: That's because Embiid, his tummy hurt.
0: Oh, my God. They are the best, one of the best one-two combinations in the league. And the responsibility to have somebody out who he can pass to is not on him. Like, that is an organizational deficit right now they need somebody who can shoot the ball his role is never gonna be the outside jump shooter guy it's not his game it's not what it's supposed to be I absolutely agree that he needs to be able to take shots take them he doesn't have to make them I'm I'm with you he does not need to be the guy in the fourth quarter who we go to because we have Joel Embiid and I will die on that hill
1: one last thing I'll say to your point Jeff that's such a Philly fan reaction. Is when when a, when a Philly team gets knocked out of a big playoff game, especially, it's always critical of the of the who on Philly effed up. Last year, Leonard beat this team, right? Yes. Did he not? Yeah. No yep. credits given to the how unbelievable performance that was, and it's always like, oh well, we, we suck. This guy suck this guy, that guy. Sometimes the other team or the other players on the other team. Bring it, and they actually win. They they win, not we lost. That's all I'm saying. We lost. Well, we didn't win. No, we didn't win. But what I'm saying is, there are times when they play te- seven games. Are good enough to win. They just came up against a, a juggernaut or an individual performance. And I can go back to the Flyers teams losing to the the, the dynasties of the Oilers and the Red Wings. They're awesome. That just and it's always like, oh, the Flyers suck, they can't win. They have a goalie, whatever. They they played the maybe one of the best teams that was ever assembled and they lost and give them credit. The other guys is what I'm saying. If Ben
2: Simmons doesn't develop his game, this city is going to run him out of town. That's that's my point. If his game okay. doesn't grow and develop, he has no chance long term in this city. Maybe another one, but not this one. It's his third year. In I the understand. Let's pump. I'm not the one the running fix. him out of town. I'm just telling you, this city is going to run him out. Not me. I don't care. Sounds
0: like you want him out. <laughs> I don't
2: want him out. I, I want him to progress. I know. And to get better, and take jump shots. You don't have to. You don't have to make forty percent. I don't care. Just be somewhat of a threat. At least all it was right. pretty, and it didn't look like Markel Fultz's jump shot. Thank God. This
0: is true. We'll take that. We just spent fifteen minutes on Philly sports. It was all your fault. <laughs>
2: you got all defensive. <laughs>
0: Okay, so uh, Coach's Corner this week, Michael Kitsis and Carl Richards. This was a podcast, I believe?
1: Yeah, it it, it was, and I didn't listen to it. I yeah. literally just read the transcript, which yeah. was easier for me. So,
0: Michael and Carl <laughs> discuss... Uh, there's a lot i picked one thing in my summary is there anything in particular that you guys want to get to
1: yeah i'll just say that i mean so the the conversation was really around the fiduciary rule in right. our business which we've talked about before but it really is basically a, a go, meg give a quick summary of the fiduciary rule and we'll we'll so the about.
0: idea that as a fiduciary you're required to put your clients interests ahead of your own which to people who are not in this industry um, would kind of just be like, well, duh. Like, why wouldn't that be table stakes? Why wouldn't that be the case across the board? Which I guess was kind of their point. Right, so
1: so the majority of practitioners operate uh, outside of the fiduciary. Well, they're not fiduciaries. It just means that they have to demonstrate that their recommendations were suitable, in air quotes. Suitable is a low bar to, to meet. Um, it just means that you could... You kind of recommend a lot of different things. It could be crappy products, expensive, whatever. Better alternatives could be available. You are still allowed to recommend quote-unquote suitable products. Does not have to be the best recommendation in the interest of the client. So a quick example of that. There's two funds. Right? Yeah, I can sell a client a real estate
2: fund A or real estate fund B. They're pretty much the same, but A pays me a 2% commission. B has a lower internal expense and doesn't pay me a commission. I recommend A because it's still suitable, but it pays me and
1: it's a worse from an expense standpoint fund for that client, right? Yeah, and that's a maybe that's an egregious a narrow example. example in a way because all you have to say is, look, the client needed income and real estate funds generate income, so right. there, yeah. done. And literally, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So they they argued back and forth about from the practitioner's standpoint, from the industry standpoint, like you know, isn't isn't being a fiduciary in the business's best in, isn't it in your best interest long-term as, a, as an advisor to act in your client's best interest? And the, the answer is on the one hand, well, sure, because I wanna have a long-term relationship with the clients, I wanna have their kids as clients, so I don't want th- to, to churn and burn them um, and, and be on to the next. And so there, there's a lot of good quotes about that distinction. And I think it's really, some of them were really good. Um, Carl Richards, for example, said, okay, well, do you want to rely on a business that relies on bringing in the constant stream of fools? And he was maybe calling people fools, but his point was, if you're just hawking annuities to people, that's what you're doing. Because you know that you, you have them sign that piece of paper, you take your 10% commission in his example, and you move on to the next, You never talk to that person again. He backed up and said taking people and fooling them, right? Yeah, 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 yeah right, right, which was probably was the right great move, he, but he's, he's exactly right. And I thought what he said was such a great way to look at it. It's like if you can figure out a business where you can literally um, take 10% of their wealth and then move on to the next and do that over and over and over again, A, you're gonna be a you're gonna have a lot of money, it's gonna be lucrative, uh, and if you can live with yourself by being a bad actor, then Yeah, so be it and a lot of people act that way operate that way and they were getting very outraged in their conversation you can tell even just reading it yeah just as we get outraged when we see this and witness it and 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 deal with it you know day after day week after week because it is frustrating to, to see that that's how a lot of people operate and the problem is the regulators can't do anything about it you convince somebody to sign a piece of paper They've, they've acknowledged that they've been disclosed to all of what they've just bought and there's no way to, there's no recourse. There's no recourse. You mm-hmm. have to, you have to, like, sorry, Jeff, you have to uh, repair the damage or wait for the surrender period to expire and then you repair the damage after that. But their point is, hey, hey, Mr., Mrs. or Mr. Client, you still have to pay that person for, you know, for right. the commission uh, for the next several years. Um, you've already, you've already, there's nothing we can do except wait. Yeah. That's a shame.
2: I think the industry needs to be like flipped on its head and it's just not gonna happen. There's too much money in the brokerage houses and in the commission world um, for it to change because the standard to be a financial planner or a financial advisor has to be higher. The bar has to be higher. The the penalties have to be stricter and that's not going to happen, you know. Merrill Lynch, JP Morgan, like they're not going to let that happen. There's too much revenue, um, because the way that, you know, the the conflict of interest of of, of a commission based sales pitch, it has to go away, and it's it's not going to go away because there's too much revenue.
1: And it's really, I think, more the insurance industry. I don't I don't know if I would initially say it's the insurance and the lobbyists have so much power and they they spend so much money ensuring that the congress people the 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 politicians will not make a change and that they continue to operate with and and the quote in this article was the if someone wants to be bad meaning bad just making a living just selling high commission products that are bad for the client that the bar is so low it's horrific that's
2: true. Uh, the, the brokerage houses are I mean, structured notes, and, yeah, and yeah. people are still selling stocks and getting hundred dollars, hundreds of dollars in commission. Like, it's it's just as bad. I mean, the insurance comp, the insurance industry is bad, and and I would say kind of the most egregious, I think. But I think the brokerage world is is the same. And you need to be a fiduciary. You need to be fee only to eliminate. 99% of the conflicts. And the majority of our industry doesn't operate that way.
0: Well, it's because there's no requirement to That's do so. That's what I'm saying. So.
2: It has right. to be changed. And no one's going to, like, NAPFA or the CFP aren't going to lead the charge to flip, to do a 180 in this industry and make requirements of advisors be much higher.
1: They're, they're too low. And getting back to the practical, but this one example that, that um, Kits has talked about, which resonates with us is he said, look, you know, some random salesperson hits my client with a totally BS sales pitch for some product that's grossly over overpromised. They spend 15 minutes throwing the pitch out there. I have to spend two to four hours talking the client back, explaining why it was fake and isn't real, drilling down to the details to help them see that it was BS. They can pitch the crap for 15 minutes, but it takes me hours just to walk it back if I'm even successful. Right. Because
2: the 15-minute pitch omits all the, all the important facts that they're supposed to disclose that they don't. So it's super easy, right? You just, you just highlight all the, all the great stuff about it and you, 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 you kindly like omit all the negatives. So you know, how much you get paid, how long the surrender charge is, you know, the fact that you're not going to earn as much as X other product. Um, so then when you need to tell them the truth, it takes forever to unwind it and 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 they don't want to hear it. I mean, the clients don't want to hear it because the 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 fear pitch that they gave the client is so emotionally overwhelming. It's hard to unwind a client from that. He made it. the greatest line I saw was, I think, in a summary, he said, and the unfortunate fact is that it's often more profitable and maybe even easier to scare someone into buying a high commissioned can't lose product than it is to convince them to pay an ongoing fee for an admittedly intangible service which is exactly what we
1: talk about all Mm -hmm. the time here yeah and then the final thing i'll just say is again he gets back to that it's so profitable to do it that way when you can grab 10 percent of someone's net worth in a single meeting and this gets back to stuff we talked about last week and week before you know the the annuity pitches and yeah. the, the crash proofs—that's exactly what they're doing. Single meeting, ten percent of someone's net worth or whatever they're they're investing. I mean, do that over and over and over and over again, and you're gonna you're gonna have nice houses and cars and yep. second homes yeah, <laughs> and I'm, everything else. I'm, and and if you can live with yourself, and which a lot of these people do, just do that as, as a career, and and you're gonna be. Out of the uh, crosshairs of the regulators because it's all signatures Sign on a bunch of fine print that if it ever goes to arbitration, you just put that in front yep. of, the, and and it's fine and there's nothing anybody can do about it except for people like us, which which is try to like clean up after the uh, the damage is done. Yeah,
0: we're talking about I think like the problem is beyond regulation in the sense that like these are just humans, <laughs> right? Like this is human nature. It's greed. It's it's like combating the way that we think the things that we want and recognizing that I need to do right by this person and like people don't want to and like how do you how do you weed those out like how do you weed somebody like that out who's smart enough to pass the CFP do you know what I mean who's able to do a lot of the things that this industry from an intellectual standpoint says are like the bar but then just be a shitty person yeah yeah Like, I I don't know that there's a way to get rid of that.
2: I've known a lot of people that are in that, or know a lot of people that are in that commission world and they have convinced themselves Mm -hmm. that those products that they recommend someone put all their money into are, are real, really what's good for them. Like these life insurance salesmen that are, that, that talk to a 35 year old couple and tell them they need to spend $15,000 a year in whole life premium because the commission is 100%, right? You put 15 grand a year in your life insurance, I make $15,000 year one. Like they've convinced themselves because they're trying to trick themselves that they're yeah. doing the right thing, that it's the right thing for the client where it's like, "No, the 35-year-old should spend $500 a year on a million dollars of term." Right. They shouldn't spend fifteen thousand on two hundred and fifty thousand a whole life. Yeah, but they've convinced themselves that no, I'm doing right by them because they're going to be in cash value and they can borrow against it. Like yeah, but, And they can
1: sleep at night and this and that. Like uh. I, you're right. Like if you gave them truth serum, I think a lot of them really do believe. But yeah. that's
2: why
0: it's impossible to yeah. change. Like it's it's never going to change, and it's going to be, it's going to come down to the small subset of people who care enough to try to educate the general public, and that's why like. Carl Richards does that, like the real financial advisors or whatever, and it's corny, but like you kind of understand where he's coming from. Like I know we do. Like you want there to be some place for people to go where they know that they're getting the right advice from the right people, and there that just doesn't exist right now.
2: Yeah, we're such the minority. That's why it's it's difficult. And hopefully, over time, as the general public becomes more informed and more intelligent
0: as the old white men from the broker world die maybe a well, lot of things are going to improve
2: comes back to the old white boomers
0: <laughs> a lot of things are going to improve man
2: yeah i guess so I'm
1: super
0: optimistic about okay are we good on coach's corner
1: yeah, yeah. let's move on
0: okay guys this article was absolutely insane Robocall scams exist because they work. One woman's one woman's story shows how. It was written by Sarah Krause in the Wall Street Journal. I like, <laughs> my jaw was dropping. And I don't read Wall Street Journal articles and think, whoa.
2: It was entertaining. It
1: was an entertaining yeah. article to read. I don't know yeah.
0: if entertaining is the right word.
1: Absolutely, Listen, for me. This is one where, so I don't know. Sorry Let to me give a quick summary. Give, give the recap, yeah. sorry.
0: So Nina Bellis of New York was scammed out of three hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars after being told by an FBI impersonator over the phone that her identity was stolen. And in order to keep her financial accounts safe, they would need to be transferred to a government secured account. After emptying her bank accounts, he came after her retirement accounts. So, in an ongoing investigation that is still happening, I think she's only received or recovered eight percent of her losses like, and that's like the highest level of summary. like this bitch was like holed up in a hotel room, told not to go yeah. back to her family they
1: they they took control of her every move for days or weeks or whatever on end and and the other thing is she's no i mean this is a professional woman yeah right? she's
0: like a nurse right had 60s n-
1: no dummy <laughs> so so you read this and my and i hate to say this but the first reaction is you deserve it she's an idiot right um and the second reaction is of course you feel you feel bad for her that she literally got like Swizzled. this guy reached in her pockets and took her money Dude. and and she kind of like let it happen i mean how can you be this naive and gullible to think that someone's going to call you and then literally tell you meg like go to a hotel room don't tell your husband oh and when you call the bank tell them it's, you need the money for renovations meanwhile under the guise of it's all because your identity is stolen we're the feds and we're going to help you recover it and oh, you and, can't and, tell anyone and wire some money to a panama bank and <laughs> well, it, it's like you read the article and you're just like, this isn't true. This is made up. Uh, yeah, I I
2: was shocked. How does she not
1: like pick up her phone and like,
2: do, 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 dude call up Ethel. Hey, Ethel, uh, can I run this by you real quick? Like, do you think I should maybe not do this? Like, how does she not ask another person? How does she advice? not say to
0: her husband, hey, I'm going to empty out every account that we own jointly because my identity was stolen. What do you think? And, oh, here's the routing number. It's an
1: offshore account in Panama. He'd
2: be like, Nana, it's a scam. <laughs> he told her,
1: he said, stand outside the bank. Don't talk on the phone in the branch. Don't hang up. Send me a picture of the transfer request. And if the teller asks, say the money is for renovations. And That's she's crazy. like, okay. Um, this, but the, I think the main point of the article was that, like, people are, we're all wondering because we get these robocalls, yeah. you know, dozens a day, maybe, or whatever, and all these stupid emails. And, like, who falls for this? And how are these people still doing it? You, you're, you're on the other end of this, and you, you finally get this fish. He and was you g- end up he with three hundred fifty grand for uh, I don't know, probably fifty hours of work or whatever it took to also, do all this.
0: He took, all, she took all of it out of her IRA, so <laughs> yeah. she gets the tax, he gets the non qualified aspect. He, was, he was
2: giggling. He's like, hey, she moved her checking account. I think I can get her to move her IRA.
0: Oh my god! I got a text message the other day that was like just. Basic text message that said, like, your balance is $1,500. That's all it said. Not from anybody, not to anybody. It was green, which automatically makes me, like, suspicious. And I was like, I deleted it. Because, yeah. like, if anyone needs $1,500 from me, they're going to do more than send me a right. one-line text. But, like, my parents have called me on multiple occasions. Like, they would have definitely fallen oh, for Because, oh, yeah. my parents are a 1,000% going to get scammed. I'm going to have to, like... <laughs> yeah. Get them a phone that only allows for calls from like three numbers. And if we ever get hacked, my parents are. Yeah.
2: I could see your mom all stressed out because she can't share it with, her hus- with, your, with your father. Like oh. She can't tell him. This is my mom. Yeah, yeah, it 62 is. 62 year yeah. old
0: nurse. This is my mom. So it's,
2: it's, I've, I've, I'm pretty sure I shared this with Meg. I don't know if I shared it with you. So we have, So this kind of ties into this whole like, people are afraid of like online. And, like, they don't want to, like, use Pass because they're going to get followed by the government. And, like, oh, I don't, I don't do any online banking because, oh, I don't want to, like. So we have a client that he's older and he doesn't have online access for his Social Security. Well, like, there's no credentials, no user ID, no password. He, he has not registered online with Social Security. He gets, he's, like, in his 80s. He gets Social Security every month. Someone got his Social Security number. They created an online account for him at Social Security. They changed his address and then rerouted his direct deposit to a different bank. Like the so you need to wrap your brain around that. Like just because you're not operating online doesn't mean you're safe. In fact, you're probably more vulnerable. Yeah. Because I can create an account yeah, for you. Yeah, in that you. case, yeah. Like crazy. And what's crazy about it is. The Social Security Administration sent him a, a, um, a letter saying, we received your change of address. He, they recently moved. They've moved within the last year. So he's like, he just said, oh, I just figured that they were, the Social Security's paper notice didn't say, you've changed your address to this address. Oh. Like it didn't list his new address yeah. because he would have realized, well, the one to scam or change it to isn't my new address and it would have raised so like that's on social security like if you're going to yeah. send a notification that you've changed your address please let me know what the address changes to but i like i was almost I, it really struck a chord with me like all these people that feel like they're being safe by not operating online you're online man yeah. all of your accounts have online access it's your choice to use them or not and you probably should that way you can go online every now and then and check your accounts out
0: or that and, way you know it's you using yeah, it. yeah <laughs> yeah
1: this 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 woman I mean
0: oh, horrible
1: I mean so the, the the one point maybe we didn't say was that the whole thing was the, the scammer told her that that um, I'm with the FBI and your um, your information has been used to um, for, for drug deals and illicit money transfers and while well we know it's not you if you don't cooperate, you're going to be arrested. <laughs> right. And she said, okay, I'll cooperate. And, and then they just put themselves in the position of helping her, and she just turned it all over.
2: You, yeah. Insane. you you got you to you fact check the person that calls you, man.
1: This get their is, name. Get their
2: number. Yeah. Google the FBI's number. Call Langley. You know, get them on the horn.
0: Or if the but FBI gu- needs me, come and find me. Like, don't call me.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, gullibility. The
0: FBI? Are you kidding?
1: Gullibility is a big business, right? Mina,
0: you think you're that important? Your $350,000 <laughs> is going to change anybody's the life? The
2: FBI called me. God, that's like red flag
1: number one. <laughs> Should this Wait, be the, a college course?
0: How not to be stupid 101. Yeah.
1: Gullibility 101.
0: I think it's old people,
2: dude. Do. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Younger people are so smart. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, All right. Moving on from Nina.
0: We feel bad for her. I know. Oncology nurse. Like, ugh.
2: She's saving lives, man.
0: Seriously. All right. She was
2: like a European immigrant. Like, yeah. she was about to retire. She
0: was a doctor in Europe and yeah, then had to the downgrade shame. here. Okay, so we're going to talk about South South Dakota's, their anti-drug campaign that went viral um, because it's meth. We're on it. it. (laughs) So South Dakota Governor Christy Noem Noem, um, is the brains behind the state's newest anti-drug campaign, meth. We're on it. The idea, at least we think, is to create awareness of South Dakota's growing meth problem and to get people talking about how they can be part of the solution, Um, given the viral reaction, I think it's safe to say that people are absolutely talking about it, (laughs) but whether it's because they want to address meth, the meth problem in South Dakota, or because nobody understood (laughs) the actual campaign is up for debate.
2: What's a shame about this whole thing is I'm laughing about it. And the only reason I'm laughing about it is because social media exists. So there's the best. So they come out with this awful campaign. I mean, I get it. Like, when you first see it, like, the first, the old dude at the at the cattle ranch is like, meth, meth. He's like, I'm on it. It's like, oh, my God. This guy just admitted he's on meth. And then, like, grandma's the next shot. Yeah. And she's like, meth? I'm on it, too. It's like, oh, my God. Then
1: they had the 11-year-old girl <laughs> yeah. or whatever. So. That's where I
2: got thrown yeah. for a little Wait, is she on mm-hmm. it? Or is she like, I got this? Yeah. So, like... I wouldn't be laughing about meth if Twitter didn't exist, and like all of the comments from the people about the campaign, just make it priceless.
1: Is yeah. it ingenious? Did they like, did intend they or the expect ca- this to be, you know, something that would that we would be talking about? You know, <laughs> you know.
2: I think that's it. I think that was the goal: was to get a viral reaction and if we tell the world that literally we're on meth maybe um maybe it will go viral or we'll get, but you know it's like there's no such thing no as bad publicity as bad, yeah. yeah i mean that's they won they won swing home run
0: so i just like searched it in twitter just to giggle a little bit and there's a picture it says well it says you've waited patiently so here's north dakota's anti-meth slogan and then it says <laughs> meth there on it
2: <laughs> with the oh, arrow yeah. pointing down that's to south awesome. dakota that's, that's phenomenal funny. like that that's that's i my know point. Like, and
0: like we're laughing about meth but it's problem. so good oh
2: we're laughing about meth but it's so good
0: i mean do we have anything more to say to that no
2: we got nothing more on south dakota
0: Last one we have is an article, article from Quartz.com called The New Wolf of Wall Street is an Influencer Who Sells Gold to Republican Seniors. Um, the authors introduce us to Lucas Asher, the force behind metals.com, which according to this article attempts to sell overpriced gold and silver coins to seniors using a fear-based pitch about impending economic doom. The pitch is not only fear-driven, but also politically focused. The main targets being uh, conservative seniors approaching retirement.
2: I find it amazing that the fear tactic works every time. I just, I can't believe the fear tactic has been and is still working when the market has like quadrupled since 2008. Like, it's been on a straight trajectory up. And over that entire time, there's been the fear tactic sales and it just
1: continues to work. It's crazy to me. I don't think it's any of that. I think it's what you said earlier. There's a lot of old people. <laughs> and and I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that there's... there, And then this article points out you know, rightly or wrongly, their target was conservatives, Fox News watchers. And as we know, there's a lot of people in that demographic that are of the opinion that an apocalypse is coming. And whether, you know, the mar- the, where the markets are, I don't even think has anything to do with that.
2: Okay. So at what point, at what age do you lose the ability to determine that someone's a douchebag? Like, think of all the, like the crash proof, the better financial plan, this guy with Quartz.com. They all look and are complete douchebags. At what age do you just lose the ability to go, that guy's a complete scam artist? Because it's so obvious to me. Like, look at this guy's picture. He's like yeah. the white Michael Jackson. He looks like a complete loser crackhead. Why would you listen to anything this guy had? To, why would you listen to anything Phil Cannella has to say?
0: Because they they know what to say. They're saying things that you think and believe. They're they're but, confirmation. It's they're just look at them. They
1: look like yeah, but nobody even knows. They're it. not, they're not get, looking. They're getting at a him. phone call They're from getting somebody phone saying, "Hey, are you a Hannity uh, watcher?" Yeah. Right, well, okay. me, oh, you know what I mean? Like, and, well, and then they're going from there. Focus on the other two, whack whack okay. jobs.
2: That just these people look like complete sleaze balls. Where do you lose? How come you lose that ability to go? This guy is complete bullshit.
0: I think they fit a very old school stereotype of what a financial professional looks like. Their slick back hair with suits and rings and like yeah, like and that's what old people associate with F- Wall Street and finance and wealth, like
2: successful, smart. Yeah,
0: and I, I mean, I think that's a that's a function of. The world that they were brought up in, it's not necessarily their fault. They're just uh, – there haven't been people who look differently in those positions for their entire lifetime.
1: And here we go again. We talk, I mean, whether you're selling annuities or gold, it's the same thing. And they talk about the pitch. Targets had to be close to retirement. The idea, Yeah, targets. The idea was to play on fears of the economy crashing mm-hmm. suddenly Talk about anecdotes of hey, you're going to be bagging groceries. Like it's the same pitch. You can sell whatever you want if you just, you know, use that same pitch and sell metal or or annuities or um, I don't know, you name it.
2: That's why we're so frustrated because it's we have to overcome that. Yes. And you, we have to deliver truth to these people, and it's it's just too hard to overcome. They don't want to believe what we have to tell them
0: well and it's so not only do we have to overcome it we have the complete opposite perspective i mean when you take the optimistic approach they they don't hear that anywhere they don't hear that from anyone so not only are they getting these bullshit solicitations but then they turn on the news or they read a newspaper there's nobody who approaches or who has a world view and this is like an unfair generalization. That's that of optimism.
1: Yeah. I was going to say something similar. I think that with this demographic in particular, the more things that are unfamiliar in their daily lives and what they can, what they see and hear, the more nervous they get, the more they can convince themselves that there's things are very wrong. So like new technologies or Bitcoin or, you know, things going on and what people that are running around Washington that they're that look and act and do differently it's very unsettling i think to this whole demographic which makes it really easy for charlatans to come in and dislodge them from their money which is really all that's happening here
0: and in like all fairness it's not necessarily their fault like the world has changed dramatically in their lifetimes and you could probably say that for anybody but like let's give them the benefit of the doubt a little bit there, there's just no one looking out for them. There's no one policing these people.
2: You said something earlier about, um, <laughs> um, about optimism versus pessimism. Yeah. If you, if you communicate an optimistic point of view, you're actually viewed less intelligent yeah. than someone that puts out a pessimist. Because CNBC, MSNBC. I mean, everyone's talking about how bad the economy is, even though it's not, how how close the next um, recession is going to, it, it, we, like how how soon it's going to happen. And if you're like, oh, well, actually, everything's really good. Like the economy is really good. Uh, the market has has done very well over the last 10 years. And it's going to continue to do that for the rest of your life with short-term drawdowns every now and then. They're like, they look at you like, you're the dumbest person I've ever spoken to. Yeah. Don't you see the recession is coming? The economy's in a shithole?
1: Yeah, and then people will say, well, wait a minute, this whole last uh, 10 years is because of the Fed this or that manipulation that, and then when you show them evidence, and I just read something the other day, which I'm, I'm not gonna cite because I don't remember, but like 97% of the explanation of growth in asset prices, equity prices, is, is explained by actual earnings and, right. and profits and productivity and everything. It's real. It's not the Fed. It's not it's just people don't want to hear it. They, yeah. they don't want to hear it. You're right. What just okay. If
2: someone is trying to sell you something based upon fear, just just run away. Just run away, please. Well, like, well I just don't understand why they keep doing it. Even our clients, like we have tried our best to just Completely change our clients' point of view and feed them just good information after good information, and then it's like every year. So I was like watching TV and I saw this radio ad, and my gosh, I it's saw gone. a radio ad! Sorry. Wow, yeah. we're in the I heard a radio ad about uh, you know crash-proof in my retirement. Like, yeah. like uh, how many times have we told you it's not true? It's f- completely false. It's run away, and you got to spend. Three, four hours explaining to them whether or not they get it. I have no idea, but we we make the effort.
0: I think a lot of times they just want us to stop talking. So like, okay. (laughs) I would like to point out, Mike, you did a lot of highlighting this week.
1: I did. Thank you.
0: (laughs) A lot of direct quotes out of you.
1: Somebody had to.
0: (laughs) Okay. Our top five this week are... Conveniences you can't live without.
2: So going first, you're at an advantage because that way no one else takes yours. So someone, someone else, go first.
1: Go ahead, Meg. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I have GPS specifically okay. on your phone. A, yeah. Okay. Um, Uber.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Uh, I can't read. So I put streaming. I'm going to say music specifically, though because like obviously cable existed but like being able to stream music and not have to download or have a CD or like is dope and is definitely that what improve. you thought of at lunch. No. Okay. And definitely improves my lives, like improves my life on like a daily basis. Venmo.
2: Mm, good one.
0: And then this is one I thought of at lunch. The skip intro button.
2: <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Specifically, like Just
1: on Netflix.
2: Netflix. Man, if you're Amazon. binging a show. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. All right. That, that's good. I, there's a, a little bit of overlap with me. If you don't mind, I'll go. But go um, it, it, the skip intro to me, that brings up my dilemma, which was it makes you sound really spoiled if you're going to name skip intro as like your top five convenience in life. And you're not going to talk about like running water, polio vaccines.
0: We just had this conversation. Refrigeration, <laughs> You
1: know, um, so okay, so that. that but I'm, I, I, I do have overla- Uber slash Lyft is one. Yep. And I'm not a big user, but I, when I when I need it and use it, it's it's huge. Pre-
0: it's I use it huge. all the time.
1: Um, I also had streaming, but I had like on demand, so both video and music, like game changer for uh-huh. sure. Sure. Um, I also had um, easy Pass because, like, imagine how much time you add to the trip if you sit in the toll booth, especially when there's traffic. I can't believe I spaced on that. That's a good one. Um, I actually
0: thought of it when you were talking about easy Pass. this conversation. <laughs>
1: um, I mean, obvious one probably, but Amazon Prime. I mean, you're talking, mm. a lot of these are yeah. really like time savers, right? Yeah. Because there's yeah. nothing more valuable. Than time. than time like that's the thing and somebody was writing a great article about this how the greatest inventions from here on out are going to be the things that give us more time not yep. like actually our revolutionary like inventions it's like so yeah. time true. travel machines you mean no no time like things that like afford us more time whatever <laughs> Flying like time cars. travel machines. <laughs> yeah maybe you're right Jeff get, 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 get on that get on that
2: uh, Maps, the Maps app was definitely... I use it, even if I know where I'm going. Yeah. I just use it. And I, I, I can't even imagine not having it. Yeah. Like, having to, like, plot out my route or ask for directions.
0: I think, for me, <clears throat> driving always, but, like, walking. Like, being in a city where you're unfamiliar. When I was in Croatia, like, we used Google Maps to get everywhere. Yeah. In a car, on our feet, like... It's insane. Do
1: you think it's bad, though, like for kids growing up without any ability to navigate themselves? No. The, the they can cares? navigate themselves. No, you know what I mean. They like understanding their... that, like, what's east, north, west, and south and Do what that all know? means. Yeah. I grew up with Rand McNally. So Mag- you
0: had like a compass?
1: No, but I actually <laughs> had like a physical map I would use
2: to no. go somewhere. No, I don't somewhere. think it's going to hurt them at all, dude. Really? I sit on the beach with, like, my brother-in-law and my father. I'm like, oh, the wind's blowing from the east. I'm like, <laughs> where the fuck's the east, Not dude? That. I don't even know, like, which way I should be
1: looking right now. <laughs> I try to figure it out. And I'm no, like, I don't think it.
0: there's any need. I don't
1: know. I think there might be a little bit of unintended consequences there. We're no. I mean,
0: I guess if, like, someone gets dropped out of a helicopter in the middle of a forest, sun rises hey, in the east. Hey, what
1: if the grids go down? Right, and we're all without GPS, and we have no clue what it's to do. If the
0: grids are down, you're not going anywhere. You don't know we'll how to get there. we just follow all the
1: old white men.
2: They'll <laughs> know where to okay. go. Um, my other ones were the ability to just skip through a movie, so not to skip intro, but you know, fast forward and rewind. Now is like you just put your finger on the screen and just move it. Do you remember having to re- rewind VHS tapes before you return them to the blockbuster? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's a huge. That's a huge convenience. Um, Bluetooth connectivity. Ooh. is is a game changer. It's a
0: good one.
2: Wireless headphones, yeah. all connecting through Bluetooth. I mean, Wireless
0: speakers. Yeah,
2: I, c- I couldn't live without it. That's a good one. A blind spot alert <laughs> on your side view mirrors of your car. Jeff really? is the person. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Really? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever had one, so maybe I don't know, but I don't uh, know what Once I'm you have
2: it, you'll never want to go back. All right. um, ice and water dispensing from refrigerators. I, I thought of that. Do
1: it I thought of that. It's a good one.
2: Yeah. I've
0: never had it, and I've made it thirty years. Really,
2: you have no idea what you're missing.
0: <laughs> like a Brita doesn't do the same thing. The, you
2: have to fill up a Brita. You okay. don't. There's no filling up now. Okay. It just. is But dispensed. what happens
0: when it doesn't? The Brita it's,
2: always works. It's never not worked. Never. Never. <laughs> it's 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 my top five, Meg. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Over and out.
0: Yeah. Thanks for listening.
1: Check it up
2: and check it out.